So I want to start just by kind of like introducing the problem, um, the issue, if you will, that has motivated and, and spurred this message on, kind of really brought it forth where it was just like this thing in me that had to, had to get out. And as a pastor, one of the opportunities that we have and, and responsibilities, of course, is to teach the Word of God to bring the word forth and to teach it so that people can receive revelation so that they can see uh, what the word of God is instructing us in in a way that closens their relationship with the Holy Spirit and their walk with God and builds their faith. Uh, and also part of that responsibility is to, to shepherd people and to lead them and guide them. And as a result of that calling, you know, you find yourself in a lot of situations and journeys and battles that people go through in their lives. You get to celebrate great things and great moments, much like today with babies and weddings we have and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, there's also a lot of things that people go through that are difficult and hard. And the enemy is constantly at work out there. You, you, you can sure see that as how real it is as you go through life with people as their pastor leading them through things. And oftentimes you'll go through situations where problems or issues are repetitive. Uh, they're consistent, almost rampant, and you see that it's kind of almost a bigger picture, like, man, Satan is really gaining ground in this area. He's really using these specific tactics over and over again to really damage a lot of people and damage the calling that God has on their lives. And I will say, it's, it's certainly not just that Satan does this outside of the church in the world. He's done much harm in the church, in the body of Christ. Many people who are believers of Jesus, sons and daughters, who are actually walking or living in a way where they're struggling and they're suffering and they're oppressed and in forms of bondage because the enemy has been able to penetrate and has been able to uh, breach into the walls and the defenses of their lives and bring them down and, and really bring them out from under a place where God has really called us to live and how he's called us to live. And one of the things that I just see over and over and over again uh, and it just grieves me and I believe that there is a, there's an antidote to this. There's a solution for this. But it, you see it all over the place. People struggling uh, with depression and anxiety and fear, worry, panic to the point where I would say these things are chronic. Chronic in the sense that they just continue to repeat themselves over and over and over again. And no matter what people do, they just don't seem to go away. They just seem to come back around. People sometimes maybe find a temporary relief, seem like there's a little bit of a, of a shift, and then all of a sudden they, these things circle back around and then bring them back down again. And then the enemy begins to discourage them even more. They think, I had hope and now it's gone. And, and so you see this anxiety and fear and depression and worry that's just really affecting so many people in the body of Christ. And it it just makes me upset because I know that this is not the way that God has created us to live. This isn't the life that he came and sent his son to set us free from and to give us that freedom that we would be able to walk in that every single day. And I want to I address that. I, I believe that when you look at the Bible, the solution for many of these kind of things is, is, is 
peace is the peace of God that actually resounds in our lives every single day. And when you study the word peace, okay, first of all, in the Old Testament, you see that God reveals himself to us in a word that's called shalom, Jehovah shalom, which means the very peace of God. It means to be undivided. It means to be whole of a sound mind and, and to be at peace within. Now, this is very important that we understand this because when we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior and God sends His Holy Spirit to live on the inside of us and we're born again, that the peace of God actually comes to live on the inside of us in the person of the Holy Spirit because peace is a part of who God is. It's a part of His character. It's a part of His nature. And peace in wholeness is what He has brought to us to have. So when you think about it like that, you realize that peace, the peace of God, as we're discussing today, is not an emotion. It's not a feeling. It's actually a person. It's part of who God is, and it's part of who He wants to be to us. And if we walk in peace, that peace will protect us and guard us from the things that the enemy tries to do to get in to our lives to disrupt and to bring stress and worry and anxiety and panic. It's like he tries to disrupt us from walking in the place, in the relationship every day with God as our Prince of Peace who he is to us. In fact, if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn them with me to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. And I want you to hear this in verses 4 through 7. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. Anxious, anxiety, be anxious and have anxiety about nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Listen, you can see right here, it says that the peace of God serves as a guard to our hearts and our minds. That when we're walking with God and we know Him as Prince of Peace, that His relationship to us is personal and intimate in a way where we experience that peace every single day, that it forms like a guard and a protection over our hearts, over our minds, from the enemy being able to get in and disrupt us and divide us from that place. See, the enemy knows that the Prince of Peace lives in the sons and daughters of Christ. But if he can get in in a way where he can divide or separate them from that awareness and from walking in that every single day, then he can lower their defenses and that will give him the opportunity to bring on an assault like fear or panic or depression or discouragement or anxiety in a way where it can then begin to oppress and almost like put people in a form of bondage so that where they were once free, they're actually now living like they're in captivity again. See, the Bible says in Isaiah ch or chapter 26, verse 3, 
that if you'll keep your, those who keep their minds fixed on, fixed on Christ will walk in perfect peace. So we have to pursue God. We have to walk with Christ in order to know him as our source of peace. Again, relationship, a person, not a feeling. And as we do, we will stay in that place where that peace is guarding us and protecting us so that even though those tactics of the enemy are at work around us, guys, they never manage to get in on the inside of us and disrupt and divide that place from where we are. So just like peace means wholeness, it means complete, it means to be sound, that lack of peace means to be divided and interrupted and separated from. So the enemy wants to separate us from that awareness and that faith of that part of God's character and nature to us so that we are, are rendered vulnerable to his ability to bring demonic things like depression, anxiety, and fear to be able to go to work in our lives that will ultimately form, like I said, chains that put us in bondage and oppression to those things so that we are actually not living the way that God has really called us to live, where we're restricted and not walking in that liberty, that freedom that Christ has died for us to have. So I want to show you just a demonstration here because when Satan does these things, I have to put my jacket on first for this. When he does these things and he gets a, a foothold in people's lives and he uses his demonic tactics and people allow those things to render them defenseless, he, he basically takes and he'll put like chains around people the demonic the things of the demonic are like chains they put people in captivity they put them in oppression and in bondage and so we've been free the bible says that he who the son has set free is free indeed we have been given freedom we've been set free from the laws of sin and death and the clutches of sin and death however if we don't walk in that place where we live free every day, then the enemy will come at any opportunity he can get and begin to put ch like chains on us and bondage things like oppression of anxiety, fear, worry, and panic. And they will begin to restrict men and women of God and they'll try to walk and live in this life and in this calling that God has for them. But because these chains of bondage have now formed and set in, it's like we can't move as fast and as swift and as free as we're really intended to be able to move. So if I didn't have these chains on, like I can run a mile in about three minutes and 40 seconds. With these chains, I barely can do it over four. But you get the idea that these chains, they form like a restriction. Guys, they bind us up. And, and, and the Bible says in the book of Hosea, it says that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. To destroy it also means to be separated from or to see some sort of relationship from. And so if we don't know who we are in Christ, we don't know Christ as the source of our peace. It's not a person and a relationship to us. It's only some emotion that we think we're trying to have. Then that will allow the enemy to be able to put these chains on us and get us in a place where we're compromised. And then he can begin to have his way of restricting the things that God is trying to do in and through us. But praise God, 
He is a deliverer of those things. That when God, come, when God came, He came to deliver us, which means to set us free. In fact, in the book of Isaiah 61, it was prophesied about the Messiah. It said, He will come to set the captives free. He will release those who are in prison. And then Jesus said when he preached in Matthew 4 in Nazareth, he read those scriptures and then he shut the book and he said, today these verses have been fulfilled. You see, that meant I am the one, Jesus was saying, who has come to set the captives free so that people can live free and no longer live in bondage anymore. And it's like the chains just came off and God separated us from having to live with any kind of restriction or oppression or bondage anymore after that. Isn't that amazing? But think about this for a second because there, there is a caution here. You see, God came in the Old Testament and he announced a covenant promise to Abraham for a promised land of blessing and all of these things. And then a number of years later, after Joseph... Whenever Israel was the 12 tribes, they, they unintentionally allowed themselves to actually go into slavery and bondage in the nation of Egypt. So then Egypt imprisoned them and forced them into slave labor. And the whole destiny and purpose of God that he had for his people now was stifled and restricted because they began to live in slavery and bondage that they were never intended to live in to begin with. And so when God came to Moses and he said, I'm going to send you to my people to set them free, he said to him in the book of Exodus chapter 6 that I am going to set them free or I am going to deliver them meaning I am going to release them from, deliver them out of this bondage. And that same God is the same Jesus that we serve today who is a deliverer for us of the chains or the bondages or the things that the enemy would ever try or even successfully be able to wrap around or restrict people with in their lives if he manages to get some kind of a foothold. And so what we have the ability to do as the body of Christ, as believers, is we have the authority in the name of Jesus to see these things broken off of people. And that's where my heart is, is, is at today, folks, is that many times when I'm talking to people or I'm meeting with people or things that they're going through, that they're struggling with, they, 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 they try these things that are of the world or solutions that just don't get the job done. And they're circling the same mountain. And in many cases, when we get to the point where they're open to what Jesus can do for them, we can pray. And things that the enemy has managed to bind them with and chains that he's managed to wrap around them, we can pray and see those things broken off of people strongholds, bondages, oppressions, broken off of people so that they can begin to walk and live free the way that they've been created to all along. And it's unbelievably amazing to see the weight that just falls off of people when these things happen. Now listen, I want to show you something because if this is true, if this really is our warfare, 
If this really is how we address these types of matters in the life that we're living, then quite frankly, this changes everything. This is a game changer because it means that now the solutions that we're looking for, we have to recognize cannot be found in the world. And a lot of times when people are trying to find peace as they're fleeing stress, panic, anxiety, and worry, they're trying to find it. They're trying to find it with something that the world would offer, a solution that the world would have. And it's like there's a temporary relief, but it just kind of comes back again and they get more and more defeated and more and more discouraged that they're not seeing this kind of breakthrough that they're looking for. Listen, let me say this. I know and I am fully a a believer in the fact that when people are depressed and suffering from things like that, that there is a chemical imbalance that's going on. I believe that. There's proof of that. There's evidence of that. But I just want to suggest something to you as a minister of the Word of God and the way I view these things to be, that that chemical imbalance is more of a symptom that's being manifested from a solution or a source that's actually in a deeper place of origin. It is in a spiritual nature that these things are actually happening and the physical manifestations are just symptoms. And so if those symptoms are being addressed with a worldly solution, there is no way that deliverance from those things can actually be brought. You can't deliver a spiritual stronghold with a medicinal worldly type of source or anything in that nature. Listen to this. I want to show you this and hear me out, okay? This is big stuff. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, meaning they're not physical, they're not worldly. The weapons, the things we use to do battle, they're not carnal. They're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. He's saying right here, you can't find the weapons that you need for this battle here in the world. If you're trying to use things that are worldly in nature, then folks, I I have to tell you, we are in for a heap of trouble. You can't take a knife into a gunfight unless you're Jackie Chan. He does a pretty good job of that, actually. But you have to recognize how we are meant to fight these things. And once you see that and then you begin to fight like that, all of a sudden, the, the, the ground that the enemy has been able to get in your life, the chains that he might have been able to get on you to restrict you, no longer have the ability to weigh you down and bind you down and hold you any longer. You see, the sun sets free. It's free indeed. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, which means freedom from slavery or bondage. You're never meant to live a day in slavery or bondage after the Son of God came and delivered you from the clutches of sin and death. But we, just like Egypt, willingly or unintentionally allowed themselves to go back into bondage because for the lack of knowledge, my people will perish or be destroyed. If we don't know who we are, the enemy can lead us back into a place where he compromises us and weighs us down and forms bondages and oppressions over our life to restrict the works of God that, he wants, that God wants to see happen in and through us. And the enemy will always be about the business of doing this. Listen to this. In the book of Ephesians chapter 6, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. 
Let's stop right there for a second. You, you know about the armor of God and all that in Ephesians 6, right? He said, you got you to gotta, you gotta put the right weapons on. You better put the right armor on. Why? So that you can stand against the enemy. So that you can fight your opponent. You have to have the right weaponry in order to fight in this battle. If you're not equipped properly, then folks, we are just very vulnerable to these schemes and tactics that, this, that Satan is very manipulatively using in the world, even in the church, in the body of Christ, to bind people up and weigh them down. And listen, listen to the rest of this verse. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. He's saying right here, your battles, they're not physical. They're not worldly. It's not something that is a physical battle that you're fighting. It is spiritual. He says, we wrestle against principalities and powers, rulers of darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. He's saying that it's the spiritual realm, the spiritual hosts of wickedness. It, it refers to the spiritual realm, the invisible, that these things are happening in. It's in the spiritual realm, the invisible realm, that God is doing his work and that Satan and his demons are doing their work. Listen, demons are just fallen angels. They're under the control and manipulation of Satan and he assigns them to missions and tasks to plague and try to oppress and attack those who are serving God and who are trying to live for Christ and his purpose for them. And he's saying they're not flesh the things you're fighting are not fleshly they're a part of the spiritual realm the invisible realm and that's where these things are happening in guys if that's true we have to understand these things we have to be equipped and we have to know how we're working to fight in these battles in the spiritual realm so that we're not trying to bring worldly solutions to spiritual problems you see fear anxiety panic, depression, all of these things are just tools that the enemy is using. Nothing more. Tools. Effective tools, yes, that he's been able to utilize. But they're just tools. If they'll work, he'll use them. If they'll oppress people, if they'll bind people up, he'll use them. And so when we recognize that those things all have to bow their knee to the name of Jesus and to the authority that Jesus has given us, then that gives us the revelation, the understanding, guys, that we can walk in freedom and know peace so that we have protection and a guard over us every day so that these things that the enemy is trying to use against us cannot breach the defenses of our lives that God is forming for us to keep us in that place of perfect peace so that we can live out our days the way that he's called us to in strength and peace and joy and not be compromised and bound up with chains of affliction that the enemy is trying to bring against us. And these, de these demons, listen, Either I'm crazy and wacko or this stuff is real. And if it's real, and I'm just saying, when you read this, I don't know how you draw another conclusion. And if this stuff is real, then we got to know this. Agreed? And we got to be able to fight this way. Otherwise, we're in for a heap of trouble. And so when we are doing battle this way, you know, we recognize that Satan is going to try to do anything he can 
to, to derail us and to, and to stifle the works that God is trying to do. So chains and oppressions and bondages are just a tactic that he's going to use. But when we understand that he doesn't have power to do that, when he doesn't have authority, and we, we've just allowed him into a place that he doesn't have a rightful place to go, that we've been set free and we're meant to live free, then all of a sudden it changes everything about the way we can begin to move and walk in our daily lives. And, and guys, we are meant to live this way. God has created us for a purpose and a destiny and the peace of God is residing on the inside of us to help guard us so that we can see that through, so that we can walk that out. Just like when Jesus was in the boat and the storm was raging around him. And remember the disciples, they were panicking, right? Freaking out. They were worried, anxiety. Oh my gosh, we're going to perish, we're going to perish. Because there's this storm that's raging on the outside. And they allowed that threat to begin to disrupt them on the inside. They forgot the protection that they had and who was with them in the boat. Meanwhile, what was Jesus doing? He's sawing logs. He's perfectly at rest. He's at peace. Because the inner peace in him was uncompromised. Even though the storm was raging around him. And he got up and he just simply spoke to the storm and then the storm quieted and became still. And the peace that he had never changed on the inside. And he's demonstrating that for us. He's saying, look, Satan is going to try. There's going, there are going to be external storms that Satan is using and trying to bring against people who are following Jesus. However, if those storms can't get into the inside of you, then you will always be at peace and you'll be able to look to the storm and speak to those storms and they will not be able to have any effect on the inside of you to disrupt that and form any kind of worry or panic or fear in your life. And that Jesus demonstrated that perfectly. And I believe, guys, with all my heart, that people can be set free of things that they've been carrying things that they've been walking with, sometimes in many cases for years and years and years. Because when these chains, when these demonic tools and forces begin to actually get around people and, and get on them, so to speak, you know, they just, they want to stay there. They don't want to leave. It's where they want to be. And that's how you can see situations like people will, will actually come into churches sometimes and these things that they're dealing with that are spiritual and demonic in nature, they could come into church and then they can feel the presence of God and they can worship Jesus and, and all these things because these evil things, they get quiet and they hide because they love to stay in the dark. When they're in the light, they get exposed and their clutches begin to loosen and the threat of them being broken off begins to heighten and that's the last thing that they want to see happen. That's why a lot of the demons, when Jesus came, they said, well, don't, don't get rid of us, don't cast us out, you know? They just need to stay, they want to stay where they are and so people could come in churches and in services where the presence of God is there and then they feel refreshed and relieved and, and that's awesome. They've been in the presence of God and they fellowship but those demons are hiding, those evil things are hiding and not letting themselves be known and then whenever they go back out there into the world, the next day, all of a sudden they begin to mount up again and begin to strangle and restrict 
them again and latch on. And then that person gets discouraged. They think, what just happened? I, I felt God yesterday. I was refreshed. I feel awesome. I thought things had changed. And now here I am. And then all of a sudden, it's the same again. Because the thing wasn't broken off. It wasn't cast off of the person. The chain that they had hadn't been broken and he didn't want to be seen, and so it stood and hid, and then they go back out there, and it brings discouragement. It discourages the heart, and it discourages the soul, and they begin to think, this is just how I'm supposed to live, and then the enemy strengthens his position in their life, and those chains just wrap around even tighter and tighter, but praise God that every single one of those chains can be broken. They can be broken off of people. The weight can be lifted in an instant, but let me stress to you what I feel is the most important part in all of this. Some churches in, in, will call this like deliverance ministry, where people are ministering to those who are afflicted, who are oppressed and bound, and they're ministering deliverance to them. In, in my mind, simply put, it's just helping people to be set free of whatever types of chains the enemy has been able to bind them up with. But the most important part is this, is that when people are set free of these things, they have to turn or they have to continue in whatever direction they were before. They have to follow Jesus with their whole heart, their whole mind, and their whole soul. If they don't turn to Jesus and they don't seek Jesus and stay full with him, then they can be in a worse place than they were before if somebody breaks those things off of them. And I want to show this to you. This is one of the most incredible little stories in the word of God. But turn with me. To Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12, verse 43. And Jesus is speaking. He says, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man. So listen. Unclean spirit is a foul spirit. A demonic spirit, a fallen angel. A spirit that's not of God. That is, a, that is a sign and task to a mission by Satan himself. They're under his control. So it's right there. There's unclean spirits. It was there then. Why would it be any different now? When an unclean spirit goes out of a man. So it was on the man before. So they can attach. They can get on people. They can bind people. When that happens, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, listen to what it does. He goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. You see, it wants a host. It wants to find, because it's what its mission is from Satan. It has to get on someone. It, it, it won't stop until it has found a place where it can restrict and bind someone. It's what its purpose is intended to do. And it's seeking rest, seeking a place to go, and then it says it finds none. So then he says in verse 44, well, I will return to my house from which I came. So he goes back to the place where he had a place before to inspect and see what's there. Listen, he says when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. And then he goes and takes with him seven more spirits, more wicked than he, and they enter and dwell there, and the last state of the man is worse than the first. Why is that the case? He leaves... He can't find rest. The spirit comes back. And he finds the place well kept and well swept. What does that mean? It means that the individual, the spirit of the person that had been set free 
from whatever demonic forces or stronghold there was to begin with, was not pursuing Christ and filling themselves with Jesus and with the Word of God and with the knowledge of God and with a relationship with Him. And then that when the demon came back, found that person in a, in a more vulnerable place and re-entered with seven more demons stronger than he. And now the, the, the lighter condition is worse than the former condition of the person. You see, when, we're, when I'm praying for people, when I'm ministering to people, if, if we see we need to break something off and set, something, set them free from something, then I will plead, I will make sure they understand, listen, this is very important. When we pray for you, when we break anything off of you, you have to know that the most important thing is you have to follow Jesus. You have to seek Him. You have to pursue Him. You have to fill your spirit with the things of God, the Word of God, community, biblical community, all those things. If you're not doing that, then the, the Spirit comes back and finds the person in the same state, the same condition as they were before, and now they just strengthen the position that they have in that person's life. You see, when we pray and break things off of people and see them delivered, the only answer for them, for their future, is that they begin to follow and commit their life to Jesus. And if they do, they stay full of Him, walking in His ways, and then a different scenario presents itself when those demonic things come back or try to come against that person in their life. Now they don't find the house all swept and well-kept and empty and vacant, they find it full of the power and authority of Jesus, the liberator and the deliverer of freedom. And he says, whoa, whoa, I came back and I can't do anything. I don't want any part of that anymore. The person who has been set free is now remaining free. You see, as we've been given liberty, we're meant to walk in liberty. We are meant to stay in that place of peace every single day. Listen to what Paul says in the book of Galatians. He says, uh, he says stand firm or stand fast in the liberty by which Christ Jesus has given you. And do not entangle yourselves again in the yoke of bondage. Wow. He's saying stay free. Stay free. You see, when we get a revelation and understanding of these kinds of things, all of a sudden, the weapons of our warfare become spiritual and not carnal. And we begin to face a spiritual foe with a spiritual power and authority to be able to render him ineffective in his attempts to thwart the plans of God for our life. And we must pick up our sword. You have to be armored. You have to be ready. And you have to be able to fight this enemy. Otherwise, the chains and the bondages that he'll try to bring for lack of knowledge of who we are and what our rightful place is, the enemy will have a heyday against the sons and daughters of Christ who don't know their rightful place and don't know that liberty and freedom that they've been given are intended to walk in every single day.